Greetings, family. Reading 365 Bible for the December the 19th. I pray that we find you in good spirits, that the blessings of the Lord be upon you. We bless you, you and yours, with the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Be blessed, be healed, be made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're prospering. Today we're receiving the Word of God. Today we're going forward. Hallelujah. If we need something, say, say this with me. Say, I believe the supply is not here yet, but it will come. If we should have it, it will surely come in Jesus' name. Amen. Get in the habit of saying that just in case... The door of receiving is locked on the inside. Most likely, this this creates desire. This creates enthusiasm. If anything's bogging the nuts down, especially bills, credit cards, and that, it'll run over it. Just keep saying it. Write it down. Put it all over your house. And you'll see that you'll be happier walking around with hope, faith, and enthusiasm. Ha <laughs> ha. Reading today the book of Sephaniah. Amen. Let me read the uh, commentary, but I always like to pick one verse out. And right here on verse 7, it says, actually on chapter 2, verse 7. Wow, there's so many good scriptures. I have them underlined. I've been through here already, but I didn't record it. So here we go. Well, I probably recorded, but I lost the, uh, in another phone. It said, they no longer ask for the Lord's guidance or seek my blessings. That's why the Lord is, uh, that's in Sephaniah 1, 6. And then Sephaniah 2, 3, they say, Act now before the fury of the Lord falls on the terrible days of the Lord's anger begins. Seek the Lord, all who are humble. And follow his command, seek to do what is right, and to live humbly. Perhaps even yet the Lord will protect you, protect you from his anger on the day of destruction. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? And that's what we're doing, folks. We're getting insurance out here. Amen. And verse 7 says, The remnant of the tribe of Judah will pasture there. They will rest at night in the... Abandoned houses in Ashkelon. For the Lord their God will visit his people in kindness and restore their prosperity again. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and read a little bit. If only a hunting phrase, it implies that we have failed, if only, and that we wish we could go back and do things differently. As we work through the process of restoration and recovery, we also become sad and ashamed when we reflect on the past. We regret our irresponsible, irresponsible and destructive behavior and wish we could erase past mistakes. This must have been how the people of Judah felt when they heard the prophetic words of Zephaniah. If only they had obeyed and trusted God. God called Sephaniah during the days of King Josiah, the last of Judah's good kings. The prophet's condemnation of Judah's idol worship and self-centered living fit well with the early part of Josiah's reign. 
when his purges against idolatry were just beginning, Sephaniah's prophetic support of Josiah's actions would certainly have bolstered Josiah's efforts. However, the apostasy of Judah's previous kings, Manasseh and Ammon, had left deep spiritual wounds in Judah. Despite Sephaniah's ministry and Josiah's noble reforms, visible scars remain in Judah, even at the end of Josiah's righteous reign. The people of Judah were in need of major changes. They had seen the northern kingdom of Israel exiled to Alexandria by and assumed that the presence of God in the Jerusalem temple would protect them from foreign invaders. They needed to be shocked out of their denial and spiritual indifference. Zephaniah warned the people that Judah would be destroyed if they didn't act right away. He also let them know that recovery was still possible. Spiritual awakening could still occur if they would admit their sins and trust God. Josiah and the people listened to Zephaniah, responded, and experienced revival and recovery. The purpose of this book is to shake the people of Judah out of their complacency and get them back on the path of recovery. Amen. Fits, fits well for us today. The consequences of irresponsibility. Many of our troubles are direct consequences of our responsibility. Judah was irresponsible in her covenant relationship with God. The people worship false gods and ignore God's laws that were intended for their own good. But Sephaniah made it clear that Judah's irresponsibility would carry heavy consequences. Encouraged by Sephaniah and led by Josiah, the people of Judah took responsibility for their sins and turned their lives over to God. As a result, they received substantial healing. When we are irresponsible in our relationship with God and with others, our situations in life will grow progressively worse. But as we learn to live responsibly, we begin to experience God's blessings. Complacency leads to relapse. Prosperity and success often lead to complacency. Josiah's great-grandfather blessed him. However, Judah's next two kings, Manash and Ammon, led the people into complacency. With time, the complacency led to sin and its consequences. Josiah followed the footsteps of Hezekiah and helped lead the people back to God. Often, our greatest victories or, or our greatest failures follow our greatest victories. In order to prevent relapses, we need to inventory our lives on a regular basis. We must maintain a heart that is vulnerable and dependent on God, regardless of our success in recovery. It's interesting. Today, I went to a recovery house, and I picked up a guy that's going to be four years sober, working on him, working with him as a sponsor. And I told him, I said, make a deal with God. You know, tell him to get your, your, yourself a car that you'll make coffee for the meeting. Tell him to get your, yourself a car and you'll, you'll take, bring guys to the meeting. I said, wheel and deal. God is there. He'll show you he's all powerful, all wonderful, all fun. As long as you're in motion to help him, he'll back you up. Man, that's been my experience. God is backing me up. Recovery leads to joy. 
The process of recovery almost always starts out painfully. Telling the truth about ourselves hurts, but as we admit our failures to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, we find the great relief and hope that God offers. Isn't that amazing? The uh, the release that we have in being honest when we're holding something back. Even when we're tired and, and, and work has got us up against the wall, and if we mention it to somebody it takes it takes the load off but but the the twisted program the church they're all safe places when you have a community of fellowship like-minded individuals that honor the lord honor recovery and honor the words that we're reading amen the process of recovery almost always starts out painfully telling the truth about ourselves hurts but as we admit our failures to God, to ourselves, and to another, we find great relief and hope that God offers. Then we can look forward to the joy and celebration we will experience as God restores us to himself and to the people we love. Through Zephaniah, God condemned the irresponsibility behavior of Judah's leaders, perhaps Manasseh and Ammon, two of Judah's most wicked kings, during their reign, the people had increasingly depended upon false gods, had ceased to worship the true God, and had built a society in which deceitful and immoral, immoral people could prosper. When we turned from the true God, society and its members began to deteriorate. We all need God. Unless we recognize this fact, our lives will continue on a downhill trend. As we recognize our powerlessness and turn to God for help, He gives us the power to live a healthy and meaningful life. Woo-hoo. In verses in chapter one, verses fourteen to eighteen, the prophet warned of the terrible day of the Lord, a day of reckoning with God. At that time, Judah would be conquered and the people led away to Babylon as slaves. God mercifully ordered his people numerous chances to repent, offered, mercifully offered. But there would come a time when judgment would fall. We should be aware that God will not allow us to reject his way forever. When we do things our way, we only hurt ourselves and the people we love. If we listen to the early warnings we receive and act appropriately, we need not fear a future day of reckoning. The purpose of God's judgment was to encourage the people of Judah to depend on him. The prophet called the people to repent, hoping that they would be spared the coming devastation. The people responded favorably to Zephaniah's message, and King Josiah led them in a great reformation, which led to the last spiritual high point in Judah's history. Though the day of reckoning did come, it was delayed for several generations. If we respond to the warnings we receive, confessing our sins and asking God for for help, he may spare us from the same, from some of the painful consequences we deserve. Amen. In chapter 2, verses 4 to 15 of Zephaniah, he listed the nations that had influenced Judah in his idolatrous practices. God will judge these nations, and they will lose their corrupting influence. God gives us great potential to influence others for good, 
but we often end up being an influence to do evil. Part of our moral inventory is recognize that we are guilty of leading others astray in some way. Maybe we have led our children astray or perhaps friends or co-workers. Part of our responsibility is making amends to those we have hurt and doing what we can to get those people back on the right track. In chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, the destructive behavior of Judah's people, though influenced by other nations, was ultimately their own responsibility. They refused to admit their sins to God and reject all his warnings and corrections. We have all been influenced negatively by others, but pointing that finger at them will only slow us in the recovery process. These people are responsible to deal with their own problems. We are responsible for our own. As we take responsibility for our own actions, recognizing how much we need God, we will step towards victory. If we continue to blame others for our problems, we are headed for destruction. In Sephaniah 3, verses 9 through 20, Sephaniah describes a future age that would follow the ultimate day of the Lord. This will be an age of blessing marked by honest and pure worship of God. God will remove all this dysfunction from our personalities and relationships. Sorrows and burdens will no longer exist. And the nation of Israel will finally be restored to its land of hope and security. As we journey toward full recovery, we can rejoice in this promise. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful reading. Reading to you from the Recovery Bible, which is an incredible accomplishment. Life Recovery Bible, New Living Testament. Please patronage and get your copy. It is awesome work of art. The reading of Sephaniah. Before we read a quick, a quick synopsis or Bible study. God's people were worshiping multiple gods in addition to the Lord. They added the best of pagan worship to the worship of God. One of these other gods was Molech, the national god of the Ammonites. The worship of Molech included child sacrifice and abominable sin. From the time of Moses, the Israelites had been warned about worshiping Molech, but they refused to listen and obey. Leviticus 18.21 and 20 verse 5. Thus the people were committing horrible sins because of their sins. God would destroy them. God's commands that he alone be worshipped. Exodus 20, 1 through 5. We must be careful that we don't make the Lord one God among many. It's not simply that God should be our primary God. He should be our only God. If you are trying to worship God while keeping other gods on the side, you're other pursuits or comforts might be secondary, but are they still things you worship? Ask God for wisdom to understand your own heart. Lord God, we ask you for wisdom. Give us a wisdom heart that we may understand our hearts. We ask you to help us to know the difference between a priority and a God. We trust you for your grace, both in your mis- We trust you in We trust the Lord for his grace, that he may give us grace in our mistakes and in our efforts to worship him only.
In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, reading of Sephaniah. The Lord gave this message to Sephaniah when Josiah, son of Ammon, was king of Judah. Sephaniah was the son of Hushi, son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah. I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, says the Lord. I will sweep away people and animals alike. I will sweep away the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea. I will reduce the wicked to heaps of rubble. I will reduce the wicked to heaps of rubble. And I will wipe humanity from the face of the earth, says the Lord. I will crush Judah and Jerusalem with my fist and destroy every last trace of their bell worship. I will put an end to all the idolatrous priests so that even the memory of them will disappear. For they go up to their roofs and bow down to the sun, moon, and stars. They claim to follow the Lord, but then they worship Molech too. And I will destroy those who used to worship me, but no, now no longer do. They no longer ask for the Lord's guidance or seek my blessings. Stand in silence in the presence of the Lord's sovereign Lord. For the awesome day of the Lord's judgment is near. The Lord has prepared his people for a great slaughter and has chosen their executioners. On that day of judgment, says the Lord, I will punish the leaders and princes of Judah and on all those following pagan customs. Yes, I will punish those who participate in pagan worship ceremonies and those who fill their master's houses with violence and deceit. On that day, says the Lord, a cry of alarm will come from the fish gate and echo throughout the new quarter of the city, and a great crash will sound from the hills. Wail in sorrow, all you who live in the market area, for all of the merchants and traders will be destroyed. I will search with lanterns in Jerusalem, darkest corners, to punish those who sit complacent in their sins. They think the Lord will do nothing to them, either good or bad. So their property will be plundered, their homes will be ransacked. They will build new homes, but never live in them. They will plant vineyards, but never drink wine from them. That, that terrible day of the Lord is near, swiftly it comes. A day of bitter tears, a day when even strong men will cry out. It will be a day when the Lord's anger is poured out, a day of terrible distress and anguish, a day of ruin and desolation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet calls and battle cries. Down go the walled cities and the strongest battlements. Because you have sinned against the Lord, I will make you grope around like the blind. Your blood will be poured out in the dust, and your bodies will lie rotting on the ground. Your silver and gold will not save you on that day of the Lord's anger. For the whole land will be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. He will make a terrifying end to all the people on earth. Chapter 2 
Gather together, yes, gather together, you shameless nations. Gather before judgment begins, before your time to repent is blown away like a shaft. Act now before the fiery fury of the Lord falls and the terrible day of the Lord's anger begins. Seek the Lord, all who are humble, and follow his commands. Seek to do what is right and to live humbly. Perhaps even yet the Lord will protect you, protect you from his anger on that day of destruction. Gaza and Ashkelon will be abandoned, Ashdod and Ekron torn down, and what sorrow awaits you Philistines who live along the coast and in the land of Canaan, for this judgment is against you too. The Lord will destroy you until not one of you is left. The Philistine coast will become a wilderness pasture, a place of shepherd camps, and enclosures for sheep and goats. The remnant of the tribe of Judah will pasture there. They will rest at night in the abandoned houses of Ashkelon. For the Lord their God will visit his people in kindness and restore their prosperity again. I have heard the taunts of the Moabites and the insults of the Ammonites mocking my people and invading their borders. Now, as surely as I live, says the Lord of Heaven's army, the God of Israel, Moab and Ammon will be destroyed, destroyed as completely as Sodom and Gomorrah. Their land will become a place of stinging needles, nettles, salt pits, and eternal desolation. The remnant of my people will plunder them and take their land. They will receive their wages of their pride, for they have scoffed at the people of the lords of heaven's armies. The Lord will terrify them as he destroys all the gods in the land. The nation around the world will worship the Lord. Nations around the world will worship the Lord, each in their own land. You Ethiopians will also be slaughtered by my sword, says the Lord. And the Lord will strike the lands of the north with his fist, destroying the land of Assyria. He will make its great capital, Nineveh, a desolated wasteland, parched like a desert. The proud city will become a pasture for flocks and herds, and all sorts of wild animals will settle there. The desert owl and screech owl will roost on its ruined columns, their calls echoing throughout the gapping windows. Rubble will block all the doorways, and the cedar's paneling will be exposed to the weather. This is the bolstering city once so secure. I am the greatest, it boasted. No other city could compare with me. But now, look how it has become an utter ruin, a haven for wild animals. Everyone passing by will laugh in derision and shake a defiant fist. Chapter 3 What sorrow awaits rebellious polluted Jerusalem? The city of violence and crime. No one can tell it anything. It refuses all correction. It does not trust in the Lord or draw near to its God. Its leaders are like roaring lions hunted for their victims. It judges are like ravenous wolves at evening time, who by dawn have left no trace of their prey. Its prophets are arrogant liars seeking their own gain. 
Its priests defiled the temple by disobeying God's instructions. But the Lord is still there in the city, and he does no wrong. Day by day, he hands down justice, and he does not fail. But the wicked know no shame. I have wiped out many nations, devastating their fortress walls and towers. Their streets are now deserted. Their cities lie in silent ruin. There are no survivors, none at all. I thought surely they will have reverence for me now. Surely they will listen to my warnings. Then I won't need to strike again, destroying their homes. But no, no, they get up early to continue their evil deeds. Therefore be patient, says the Lord. Soon I will stand and accuse these evil nations, for I have deceived to gather the kingdoms of the earth. I have decided to gather the kingdoms of the earth and pour out my fierce anger and fury on them. All the earth will be devoured by the fire of my jealousy. Then I will purify the speech of all people so that everyone can worship the Lord together. My scattered people who live beyond the rivers of Ethiopia will come to present their offerings. On that day, you will no longer need to be ashamed for you will no longer be rebels against me. I will remove all the proud and arrogant people from among you. There will be no more haughtiness on my holy mountain. Those who are left will be the lowly and humble, for it is they who trust in the name of the Lord. Those who are left will be the lowly and humble, for it is they who trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong. They will never tell lies or deceive anyone, anyone another. They will eat and sleep in safety, and no one will make them afraid. King, sing, O daughter of Zion, sing. Shout out loud, O Israel, sing. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemies. And the Lord himself, the King of Israel, will live among you. At last, your troubles will be over and you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcements to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion, don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take the light in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Amen. I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festival, and you will be disgraced no more. And I will deal severely with all those who have oppressed you. I will save the weak and helpless ones. I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles, whether they have been mocked and ashamed. Wherever, on that day, I will gather you together to bring you home again. I will give you a good name, a name of distinction among all the nations of the earth, as I restore your fortunes before their very eyes. I, the Lord, have spoken. Amen and amen. 
In Revelations chapter 10, throughout history, people have wanted to know what would happen in the future. And God reveals some of it here in Revelation. But John stopped from revealing certain parts of his vision. In a similar way, an angel also told the prophet Daniel that some visions he saw were not to be revealed yet to everyone. Daniel 12.9 Another Jesus, another time Jesus told his disciples that no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Mark 13.23 and 33 Why doesn't God make everything clear to us now? It may be that God doesn't want us to have all the details. If we did, what reason would we have for putting our faith in God and following His Spirit's leading. By, by not knowing everything up front, we must instead practice faith and faithfulness. And that sounds just like something God would want from us. God has revealed all that we need to know to live for Him now. In order to be ready for the end, we should spend more time in thinking about how we to live faithfully for God now Perhaps that part of what the the book of Revelation was meant to be, to live more faithfully for God now. As the mighty angel from heaven shouts out the content of the additional scroll, John assumes that he is to record it. But God prevents him from doing so, like we said. This episode reminds us that along with honesty, we need God-directed discretion. In recovery, we are told to make amends to those we have wronged, except when doing so would injure them or others. Sometimes we need to refrain and be discreet because telling our whole story or seeking restoration might damage someone else. God can help us use discretion, but the guiding principle is love. We need to do what is best for others, not just what is best for ourselves. John was told to eat the scroll. Much of the prophet Ezekiel had been instructed to do the same. The scroll would be sweet in his mouth, but sour in his stomach. God's word can sometimes work that way. It contains a sweet message of deliverance to all who repent, but it also calls us to account for our sinful actions. If we abide by the wise boundaries that God has set for us, The word is filled with promises of joy and peace. If, on the other hand, we choose to reject God's program, his word will be filled with predictions of eternal judgment. Wow. Heavy stuff, folks. I'm glad we're in in it to win it, folks. Revelations chapter 10. Then I, John, saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, surrounded by a cloud with a rainbow over his head. His face shone like the sun, and his feet were like the pillars of fire, and in his hand was a small scroll that had been opened. He stood with his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he gave a great shout like the roar of a lion, and when he shouted, the seven thunders answered. When the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Keep secret what the seven thunders said and do not write it down. 
Then the angel I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand toward heaven. He swore an oath in the same in the name of the one who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and everything in them, the earth and everything in it, and the sea and everything in it. He said, There will be no more delay. When the seventh angel blows his trumpet, God's mysterious plan will be fulfilled. It will happen just as he announced it to his servants, the prophets. Then the voice from heaven spoke to me again. Go and take the open scroll from the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the small scroll. Yes, take it and eat it, he said. It will be sweet as honey in your mouth, but it will turn sour in your stomach. So I took the small scroll from the hand of the angel and I ate it. It was sweet in my mouth, but when I swallowed it, it turned sour in my stomach. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, and languages, and kings. You must prophesy again about many people, nations, languages, and kings. Amen. And now reading the Psalms and praying the Psalms. We enter the Lord's presence by his sweet spirit and trusting our lives to his protection and our future to his faithful love. Amen. Lord, Father, God, we enter into your presence, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, our Master and Savior. By your Holy Spirit, Lord, we entrust you our lives for your protection and care and all our future to your faithful love and into your hands. Amen. Reading Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithfulness, love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you have made me. Amen. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for, your, for you made me. Amen. One of the good practices to do is to wait with paper and pen for the Lord to work out his plan for your life and ask him and start writing. The Lord will write through your hand. He'll inspire you. You know, we are possessed with the Lord 100%. Amen. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 11 through 14. 
Some people curse their father and do not thank their mother. They are pure in their own eyes, but they are filthy and unwashed. They look proudly around, casting disdainful glances. They have teeth like swords and fangs like knives. They devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among humanity. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much for coming and stepping in to today's podcast. I love you. God bless you. Go in peace. Count your blessings and give them heaven. Amen.